Welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. I'd like to invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Lord, I pray that as we sing about you this morning and as we talk about you, may you reveal yourself to us and may we know more about you and in a deeper way today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. We'll be covering chapters 16 and 17 of Isaiah today. But before we do that, let me just say that we're so happy to hear that this routine of coming together every day to look at God's Word has been helping many of you in your appreciation to devote your hearts and your lives to Jesus Christ and His Scripture's role in it in your life. So thank you. Thank you for always joining us in this morning worship and prayer. This morning, I'll be reading a portion of chapter 16 and 17. This is when the Lord spoke through the prophet Isaiah to God's people during their fall under Assyrian rule. In chapter 16, verse 12, it says there, The people of Moab will worship at their pagan shrines, but it will do them no good. They will cry to the gods of their temples, but no one will be able to save them. This is the word that the Lord spoke concerning Moab in the past. But now the Lord has spoken, saying, In three years, like the years of a hired worker, the glory of Moab will be brought into contempt, in spite of all his great multitude, and those who remain will be very few and feeble. In chapter 17, verse 1, it says, The message came to me concerning Damascus. Look, the city of Damascus will disappear. It will become a heap of ruins. The towns of Aroer will be deserted. Flocks will graze in the streets and lie down undisturbed with no one to chase them away. Lord, I pray that your word today will speak a very powerful message to all of us this morning. May we hear you clearly in Jesus' name. Amen. If you notice, there were two significant places that were mentioned here, Moab and Damascus. During this time of Isaiah, which is 700 years before Christ, Moab was a famous nation known for their abundant produce and beautiful grape vines. You will see that in chapter 16 of verse 8. And then Damascus, being one of the earliest cities ever established in the world, was very strong proud, and filled with royal power. You'll see that in chapter 17, verse 3. Now, these two, Moab and Damascus, are very interesting nations. They are the neighboring nations of Israel. But unlike Israel, the citizens of Moab and Damascus were not considered members of God's people. In fact, if you consider their history of military conflicts and oppression of Israel, it's probably more accurate to describe them as enemies of God's people. Now, also and more importantly, their arrogance and pride against God has been described in both chapter 16 and 17. 
first for Moab. In, in verse 6 of chapter 16, it talked about the pride and the arrogance and the rage and the boasting of Moab. And as for Damascus, in chapter 17, verse 7, it talked about how they will finally, at last, look to their Creator and turn their eyes to the Holy One of Israel. Implying that prior to verse 7, they were a people who didn't recognize God's authority nor look to Him with reverence. Now, this can have something to do with us and be related to how we are today. But before that, let me just say that as a result, God declared His judgment on both of these nations. If you think about God's nature, you'd probably say that there is nothing shocking about God judging Moab and Damascus, for we have seen or have read probably God go against nations in the Bible that were attacking or oppressing Israel. God is, is uh, after all, the great God of Israel. He is the holy, He is so holy and just, and He will prove to these oppressors of Israel that their arrogance, pride, and probably their violence against Israel will not be tolerated. However, what I found to be super interesting and mind-blowing is that there is one other nation that was mentioned in chapter 17 who will also receive as much judgment and punishment as God said Damascus and Moab will receive. And that nation is Israel, the very people of God. If we continue reading the passage of Scripture that I just read a while ago, we'll read about God's judgment on Israel as well. In the New Living Translation, verse 3 of chapter 17 says, the fortified towns of Israel will also be destroyed, and the royal power of Damascus will end. All that remains of Syria will share the fate of Israel's departed glory, declares the Lord of heaven's armies. Verse 4, in that day, Israel's glory will grow dim. Its robust body will waste away. Now, did you also find that interesting? Or maybe a bit confusing? Will God really do this to the people He claimed for Himself? Didn't He give them His name? Didn't He proclaim to be their protector? But what is God doing now, punishing them as well? Well, we, we can learn something about God from this story in history. And that is... God is impartial. He is unbiased, unprejudiced, even-handed, objective, and equitable. Well, you might be asking, I thought He favors Israel. Yes. So, how can He be impartial if He favors Israel? Well, by dispensing both His blessings and His judgment to His people first, then to the world. Think about it. When he gave the gospel, he gave it first to the Jews, his people, and then to the Gentiles, which is basically the world. Uh, we used to describe this word to refer to the rest of us in the world. And also when he gave judgment or discipline or hold people accountable, 
He started with Israel and then the world. In history, we see how God disciplined Israel by allowing the Assyrians to conquer them, but also prophesied that the Babylonians will be used to punish the Assyrians for their own sins against God. That means God is impartial. He is impartial in His justice. He will not let sin go unpunished even if it is found among His people. But it is not just His justice that is impartial. It is also His love. In NLT chapter 16 of verse 9 says, Therefore I weep with the weeping of Jezer for the vine of Sibma. I drench you with my tears, O Heshbon and Eliale, for over your summer fruit and your harvest the shout has ceased. Jazer, Sibma, Heshbon, and Eliale are all towns and cities of Moab. God didn't withhold His justice from Moab, but because He also did not withhold His love, God wept as Moab wept. In the NIV, verse 11 says, My heart laments for Moab like a harp, my inmost being for Kir Haraseth. Kir Haraseth was the capital of Moab. And in describing Israel's judgment, he said in the NET, It will be as when one gathers the grain harvest. Verse 6 says, There will be some left behind. He did not withhold justice from Israel. He said, Make no mistake about it, Israel will be punished. But because he didn't withhold his love for them either, he promised that he will not completely wipe them off. For as sure as God is just, God is also loving and wants all to be saved. He said that he will punish, but also he will, per, he will preserve Moab, Damascus, and even, and most especially, Israel. And one day, salvation is going to come in and through them. In the message, chapter 17, verse 7 says, Yes. The day is coming when people will notice the one who made them. Verse 7 says in ESV, In that day, man will look to his maker and his eyes will look onto the Holy One, Israel. Verse 8 says he will not look to the altars, the work of his hands, and he will not look on what his own fingers have made, either the ashram or the altars of incense. But instead, man will look to the one true God who is impartial, not only in His justice, but also in His love. And it's amazing to know that 700 years after, Moab's own descendant was born in a manger, lived the life we should have lived, and died the death we should have died, all in our place. And after three days, He rose again, proving that He is the Son of God and granting forgiveness and salvation to those who would repent and believe. And yes, that Moab's descendant was Jesus Christ. And also, as for Damascus, Damascus became a symbol of transformation. For it is in going to Damascus that a man named Saul met Jesus and was radically saved and transformed into the man history would acknowledge to be the apostle to the rest of the world, which is the Apostle Paul. And finally, Israel became the first recipient of this gospel of Jesus Christ 
that was eventually proclaimed to the rest of the world, even us today. God is impartial, both in His justice and in His forgiveness, both in His discipline and in lifting our heads, both in holding us accountable and in extending grace to us. In your situation now, do you only see God's justice and not His love? Or maybe only His love, but not His justice? He gives them both impartially. I pray that you will experience the grace to trust that He will dispense both. Let's pray. Lord, thank you because you are impartial. Lord, you are fair. Lord, you are even-handed. I thank you, God, that even though sometimes we don't see it yet, but in your justice, Lord, is your love. And in your love is your justice. And Lord, I pray that in our circumstances now in the pandemic, I pray, God, that we would be able to see both your love and your justice. And that we would be secure that you are not only able to bring justice, but you are also loving and willing to save us. So God, help us, Lord, see who you are today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship God again. You are Lord of lords, you forever reign. All the earth declares your holy. You are Lord of lords, you forever reign. All the earth declares your holy. Thank you, God. 
Lord, thank you for another day of looking at your word and being transformed by it. Lord, I pray for the protection of our country from COVID-19. I pray, God, that the cases will continue to decrease. And I even pray, Lord, for India, the country and the nation, the nation of India, Lord. I pray that you would grant them the capacity to contain their COVID cases as well. May your grace be upon them. And I also pray, Lord, for healing to be upon those who are already sick today. May the strength of the Lord and may your provision, God, come upon their families even now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Victory Devotional Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this will help you build a habit of hearing from God every day. If you'd like more messages like these, you can follow us on Spotify or on our Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to watch these messages, you can watch them every weekday morning on our Victory PH Facebook page.